I'm not sure if I could uh, pinpoint a moment when I realized that love was not like a theoretical, you know, nice-sounding, mushy, it's-on-TV thing, but like it was a really practical, real-life, it-mattered-every-day kind of thing. Um, I should have realized it because I've heard this Bible passage ever since I was a kid, you know, but that doesn't mean that it always sticks or that it makes sense to you. Uh, but Christmas tells us that God's love is, is very real. It's very down to earth. Why don't we stand and hear together uh, this beautiful gospel promise from John chapter 3. Would you please stand with me and let's hear John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the gospel of the Lord. Feel free, please, to take a seat. Uh, a, a very Merry Christmas and good evening to you. Thank you for taking the time to come out with us. I'd like to invite us uh, all to consider just for a moment this Christmas story and what it means for us. And as we do so, too, uh, two things. If you want to take a few notes as we are, are doing this, there's some spots on page nine in the service folder. You can kind of follow along and keep up with me there because uh, I do promise to go mostly in order there. Uh, and also, if you want to at some point just let us know that you are here tonight, that would be such a great thing. I would be glad to be able to pray for you and to thank you for your time. So whether you do that with the little white cards that are in front of you there in the seat, or you just want to check in online, you can do that on our, our website uh, or on Facebook or however you feel like doing that. Uh, let us know that we're he you're here, and, and that way I can be thankful for you. Now, I wanted to ask you guys something here. I'm pretty sure that if I put this book cover up, uh, there's going to be a number of you who recognize that. What, what book is this? Harry Potter. All right, good. But I'm, I'm absolutely positive that all of us would recognize that book, wouldn't we? Is there anybody who doesn't? I don't think so. I shouldn't ask that question. Nobody's going to answer that, right? Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain most of us know this logo. We're in Michigan, after all, right? Um, but I'm positive that we all know that logo and that brand. I, I think we all know that one. And this calendar, I would be shocked if any of you recognize. Anybody recognize this calendar? No? This is, the, this is the Chinese lunar calendar. This is the, how the Chinese, uh, ancient Chinese used to divide up time. And, and it was popular for, for quite a few hundred years. Uh, and they still use it for some of the zodiac signs, like when your kid is bored and things like that. But otherwise, this calendar is not ever used. Uh, the Chinese, like us, use this calendar right, because they want to date it by the, what we call the Gregorian calendar. This is, this is all telling you how big of a deal today is. That's the impact of the major. This is the best-known brand, the best-known book, and every single one of us, every time we write our birth date, every time we sign a check, every time we send probably even a message to our friends and neighbors and say, hey, let's meet on this day and do this thing, we are giving testimony to the significance of this event. The manger really is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And today, as we just hear this word briefly, God invites you to also be part of the big deal. Let it be a big deal for you too. And that happens because the message of Christmas is really a pretty simple one. The message of Christmas simply says this, that in Jesus, God became 
a human being. He took on human flesh. And he lived the life that we should live, a perfect life. And he died the death with a punishment that we would deserve. And now, in light of that, God sees us as, yes, more lost than we ever realize. We are lost and we are broken, but we are also more forgiven and accepted, and the world is better off than we realize. And he, he says that as we admit this, as we confess this, he comes to us. He will come to each of us. That's the message of, of Christmas. And, and I, I, I heard a story this, this recently that I really brought this to light for me, and I wanted to make sure I could pass it on to you to, to see the power of Christmas a little bit. It's a story of Baba. The, the story of the child Bubba started about 10 years ago uh, with a family that had their first kid. And then they decided that they wanted to expand their family, and so they tried to have a, another child, and they miscarried. And so then they tried to have another kid. They got pregnant again, and then they miscarried. And they miscarried a third time, and, and a fourth time, and a fifth time, and a sixth time, and a seventh time, and an eighth time. And they were part of this, this small Bible study group at their church, and, and they would come in and tell the group and say, hey, you know, we're pregnant. Uh, and, and nobody really smiled, because everybody was kind of afraid of, well, what was going to happen? And then one time, the, you know, everybody was praying for them, and one time they came again and they said, hey, we're pregnant, and everybody held their breath. And then the days turned into weeks. And then the weeks turned into months. And the months turned into a first trimester, and the first trimester became a second trimester, and the second trimester became a third trimester. And there was Bubba. And he made everybody so happy. So happy. You know, they looked at this Bubba and they said, you're here. You're really here. You're finally here. It's you. into the middle, right, of, of the sin and the death and, and the evil. See, evil is real, and death is real, and, and sin is real. And, and we know that. I mean, we love the Christmas tree and the lights and the presents. They, they don't take any of that reality away. Uh, and Jesus knows this too. Jesus comes into this reality, into the sin and the evil and the death, and he takes it on himself. He's not, running, he's not running away from it. Jesus comes into this reality. That's what this passage, this verse that we hear tonight, it's an important Christmas verse, says. It says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That word Messiah, if I can ask you to, to look at that for a second, that word Messiah is a word that we often say is the Christ. It's a title. It means anointed kind of a weird thing. Don't ever anoint me, by the way. I would never really want to be anointed. Don't, don't just walk up to me someday after church and pour oil on my head. Not cool. Um, it would be a mess, right? I just have to go home and take a shower. Anyway, don't anoint me, right? But anointing is a way for people to say, this is the chosen one. In Messiah, it means the chosen one. And I thought to myself, you know, who are some people that we would say, this person is the chosen one? 
And maybe some of you remember this cover from Sports Illustrated back in, oh, I don't know, like 2002 or something it was. Uh, LeBron James was just coming on the scene. He was playing some excellent basketball in high school and in college, and the, the experts were all saying, this guy, he is the chosen one. He is going to rescue teams. That's what he's going to do. He's going to rescue teams. The thing is, is which teams? Who is he going to rescue? He's played for what, four teams now? Well, I guess three teams four times. Uh, you, you don't know which team he is really on. Not to say anything bad. He's obviously allowed to pick and choose, but which team is he really on? And, and Jesus, you know what, he, which team he's on? He's on team you. Jesus is on your team. He is the chosen one to come and to play for you. And there's no better passage to hear this than the one we just heard. For God so loved the world. That's you. That's me. He so loved the world that he sent Jesus for us. How do you know you're loved? When do you know that you are really loved? For me, uh, I think one of the times I've, I've, I've realized that I was loved... Um, so my wife and I have a division of labor at home, uh, and the division of labor works out that I cook breakfast most of the time, and she cooks all the rest of the meals, which is a good thing. If you come to our house, you definitely want to come for dinner or for supper. Do not come for anything else. Um, but so she cooks those meals, and I cook breakfast, and, and very often that means we either have granola and yogurt, or we have eggs, or we have oatmeal. And I would, I think for, for a couple of years, I would put a half a dozen eggs in the pan. I'd get up first in the morning, put a half a dozen eggs in the pan, and then uh, cook those, and I'd take three out for myself and cook two for my wife, put them on a plate for her, and I'd leave the other one, and then I'd, I'd crack six more and throw them in the pan because, I mean, six eggs, like, geez, that they're gone in two minutes, right? So it's another half a dozen eggs, and then I'd just walk away. I'd just walk away. I'd go sit down, and I'd read something for, for breakfast, and I'd, I'd, uh, I'd eat my eggs, and I'd just walk away. And she, I think for probably 500 times, she would come to me and say, what are, you, what are you doing? Why don't you clean up the eggs? Why don't you put all this stuff? Why are you just leaving this all here? What are you doing? And by the way, uh, we've worked on this now, so we don't need much more marital counseling. Um, I've gotten better at taking care of the eggs. But the other part of it is that she, she's gotten really good. She knows all of my mistakes, my failures, my foibles. And she just covers them over. She takes care of it. She covers it all over. She makes everything right. And she sticks with me anyway. She stands right there with me in all of those mistakes. And I know without a doubt that, that, that she loves me. And how do you know you're loved? There's a, a passage in the Bible that says that he was pierced Jesus was, was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. He knows our mistakes, he knows our, our fears, he knows our pains, he knows our foibles, he knows our failures, he experiences all of the pain and the hurt because of all of those things. And yet he doesn't blame us or hold that stuff against us. He covers it all over. He makes everything right so that you know without a doubt, 100%, for sure, that you are loved. That's what the cross is all about, is to take your every single mistake and your pain and your failure and not hold it against you, not charge you for it, not make you pay in your life 
not make you deal with it, but to say the consequences, the guilt, and the shame, and the blame, I'm going to take that all. And it's all okay. I'll make it all right. That is an incredible kind of love. That he would stick with you no matter what has happened in your life. And would you like that love? Well, I would like that love to be yours this Christmas. But for it to be yours, you have to know some of the challenge of Christmas. You have to experience a little bit the challenge of Christmas. And what I mean is, it's easy to think that Christmas is kind of like this, okay? It's easy to think that Christmas goes like this. Um, my, my kids have recently had their first band concert, which is kind of you know, a big moment in the family. Everybody's like, hooray, it's the first band concert, right? And we, we take pictures together, and we text Grandma all of the, the cute little pictures, and we're sending pictures back and forth, and lots of little emojis, and, you know, and all that good stuff. Uh, and, and, and on top of that, right, we've got another first because we've got our, our, another cute little baby in the family and it's, it's so adorable and we're all happy about it, right? And so here's the question. It makes us so happy to have our kids do these things, to have the first band concert, to have this new baby. It, it makes me so happy. But how happy do my kids make you? You're like, well, the elf picture is kind of cute, right? But it's kind of an awkward question, isn't it? How happy do my kids make you? Uh, I don't know if I should even answer that question. It's, I mean, some of you babysit my kids, and so they may probably make you pretty happy, but most of you are going to say, eh, yeah, maybe not. Right? And, and if that's how you take Christmas, that kind of a gift, then it's not going to mean that much. What, what you have to see is it, it's this kind of a gift. Imagine that your mom gives you the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People for Christmas. Uh, how many of you have read that book? Not a bad book, right? Yeah, it's a pretty good book, right? But, but if, if your mom gave you that book for Christmas, what's your mom trying to tell you? She's saying to you, I love you. I care about you. I really hope that you win some friends. I hope that your social networking gets better. I hope you do a better job dealing with your, your, your employees at your business. To take that book, if you take that book and you say to her, thank you, I'm so thankful for this book. This is just the greatest gift. You're admitting some weakness, aren't you? You're admitting a fault. You're admitting that you, you're less than perfect in some area, that you've got a problem that you need to fix. And it's, it's a weakness. There is no gift that makes you and I face our own weaknesses like the gift of Jesus Christ. You, you can't take this gift of the baby Jesus and say, I'm all good, my life is good, and, and everything's all right. If this gift is going to be yours, you have to say, hey, I can only be saved by grace. I'm a wreck. I'm a mess, and I can't do this myself. But if you take this gift of Jesus Christ, you can't walk out of here unchanged. It will, it will be the very best gift you've ever had, and it will change everything that you have from the inside out. You will no longer walk down life with bitterness and regret and resist it. You will enjoy life because you are God's highest joy and delight. You will no longer reflect darkness into this world because you are filled with the very light of life. And you will be filled with life because the eternal life of the Son of God is yours. 
See, God has made you a really big deal. That's the whole message of Christmas. It's not just that this is a big deal, it's that you are a big deal. And the Son of God himself would stop at nothing to change you from the inside out. One of the things that I I love being able to do is to see this new life come to life in people, especially when we get together in in smaller groups and we get to share this life together. And I I think about times where I've gone through this class. I call it Explore Christianity. And we're starting one of these coming up here in just a a couple weeks. And I'd love to invite any of you who want to join me. Um, When I get to share with them, and I've had people who come in there and who have maybe went to church as a kid or and then they've gone away for decades even and they come back and now and they say you know what i see that i'm his joy and his delight i can really enjoy this because i have forgiveness and life and that is yours this christmas there's a line in a a famous christmas song that it, it goes like this where meek souls still receive him, the dear Christ enters in. That's the challenge of Christmas, but it's also the greatest joy. You will be filled with the Christ himself. Receive him. Can we pray for that? Heavenly Father, um, the, the sin and the evil and the death of life fill it with so much suffering that sometimes it bears down and it, it seeks to crush. I mean, it, it almost crushes our own hearts. And we, 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 we have no idea what to do with this thing that you call Christmas. I mean, it's, it's obviously beautiful. There's lights and there's gifts and there's presents. Oh, it's a big deal. But, but it, it, it ought to touch our hearts in the very deepest way possible, where we see that we are not able to, to fix and to rescue and to save and to make things good ourselves, but that you have done that for us. Let's receive this gift with thankfulness and praise to make you a really big deal in our lives because you have made us the biggest deal possible. Thanks for doing this, Jesus. And may this Christmas then make us all happier, happier than we ever thought even possible. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.